0: Hi, welcome back to Sparta, A Historian's View. <music> On this week's episode, we'll be exploring the core of Spartan society that stemmed from its devotion to its constitution, the Great Retra. It outlined the social, economic and political reforms that made Sparta such a unique Greek state. Also, we will discuss the man said to be behind it all, the great lawgiver Lycurgus, whose place in history has been a controversial topic among modern historians. Whether he existed in flesh or as a myth, he was attributed with introducing the strict laws that governed the Spartans, bringing them closer to the desired eunomia. Good order and good government was the end goal, and this would be achieved through the obedience of citizens to law institutions, and military systems. Ancient historians have conflicting accounts on the life of Lycurgus, but Herodotus, Xenophon, and Plutarch all praise his influence. Little is known about the time of his existence, his background, death, or origins, leading many modern historians to believe that he was more of a metaphor or a myth than a real person. Spartans were not known for their writing and often relied on storytelling for recounting the past. This practice was prone to manipulation of past accounts to suit the militaristic present. So although Lycurgus could have been a man who established laws, the extent of creating a whole system that was said to have lasted for several centuries is highly unlikely. Plutarch outlines his journey to study various forms of government by traveling around the globe and studying different modes of life in Crete, Ionia, and Egypt. He was said to have made comparisons between the strict and severe Cretans and the extravagant and luxurious Ionians, and the aspects he approved of, he might carry them home. Plutarch believed that the retro was obtained through the Oracle of Delphi, having been blessed by the gods to a constitution which would be the best in the world. He said that it went a little like this. When thou hast built a temple to Zeus and Athena, divide the people into groups and establish a senate of 30 members, including the two kings, and there introduce and rescind measures. But the people must have the deciding voice and the power. Later on, another document called the Rider was introduced, probably by the Spartan king, Theopompus, which revoked some of the power away from the people, stating, But if the people shall speak crookedly, the elders and founder chiefs shall set it right. They attempted to present this as part of the first Retra, but it is clear that it was not the first document's intent. This latest shift that undermines the people's authority depicts the way in which the facts were skewed in Sparta to suit an image of constant law, rather than a more probable reality of developing and changing society. By doing this, citizens would have believed a conservative tradition which created a continuous social stability. To talk to us more about social reforms, we have Xenophon, who has travelled all the way from 430 BC. Hello. Hello. So tell us about the social reforms for women that Lycurgus was responsible for. Well, with the rest of us Greeks, women seem to be content with keeping silent and working wool. But how can we expect these women to be able to raise strong offspring? Am I right? Uh... Lycurgus like chose a different path. He insisted on physical training for both males and females in the belief that strong parents would produce vigorous offspring. Oh, Plutarch has just entered the building. Xenophon, your account seems very inaccurate. Excuse you, I'm much more of a credible source. I lived in Sparta for years. You weren't even alive then. Don't you both have an Athenian bias? Oh, well, you guys can sort this out later. Thanks for coming in. What? Is that all? I've come all the way from Greece to do this. One of the main ideals of Spartan structure was to strive for equality. If we listen to our good friend Plutarch's account, it goes a little like this. Previously, land ownership was the root of inequality, with few wealthy citizens owning majority and the rest poor. Lycurgus divided the land up between citizens equally, each with state-owned helots to work. The distribution of Kleros meant that everyone was equal in wealth and instead of money determining their worth, one could be measured by the militaristic achievements. Helots working the land effectively gave Spartans endless time to train without any other role to fill. This was furthered by Lycurgus as he introduced a ban on other occupations. He expelled useless crafts, leaving this up to the Perioikoi, in order to assure the proper soldiers were made. His decision to ban all currency apart from iron bars and prohibiting luxury was an effort to prevent the accumulation of wealth and trading. Men were not able to bribe or steal, although it became a joke for many of the surrounding states who laughed at the worthlessness of this currency. Lycurgus' ideals have been presented by ancient historians such as Plutarch in a simplistic way, adding to the Spartan Mirage. Plutarch attempted to keep alive the myth of equality which simply is not true. Aristotle identifies that unequal land distribution as he says that two-thirds was owned by women. Plenty of archaeological evidence has been found which contradicts the strictness of, of implications preventing crafts and trade such as coins, pottery, imported materials, and evidence of citizens who are also poets. The institutions credited to Lycurgus include the development of the Agogi aiming to militarise with harsh training, and the Sisistia to inspire a collectivism among citizens. Education would begin at seven years old, and the system was designed to create strong warriors, but also indoctrinate obedience at a young age. The accounts of challenges completed by the young were likely exaggerated by Athenian writers for dramatic effect although an emphasis on strictness is clear. Lycurgus also institutionalized mess groups so that private food consumption was discouraged and everyone, no matter their status, was to dine together. The rich could not be overindulgent at home or even display their luxuries as they ate the same food as all the other men. Lycurgus made wealth undesirable and laziness a form of weakness that was said not only to ruin the minds but the bodies of the Spartans. This enforcement of strict rules on attending and contributing food to the Sisystia promoted egalitarianism, further encouraging unitedness in battle. Although these ideals were strived for within society, as mentioned before, how successful was this kind of state-forced equality? And do you think that these historians should be trusted? One of the first actions written in the Great Retra was the establishment of an elder council of 30 members called the Drosia. It included the two kings and kept their power in check. Lycurgus was leaning towards a more democratic approach with the council preventing outright tyranny. The people could vote via acclamation if a member died. However, the gerosia was given more power to veto any suggestions from the public, justified by the writer. Plutarch praises this form of government as stable. It was said that before Lycurgus, Spartists continued to swing between two extremes of anarchy and dictatorship. Lycurgus resisted the two diagarchy, oligarchy, democracy, aristocracy, who knows? A bit of a mix, I'd say. Lycurgus has been credited with developing all of Sparta's unique systems, which seems a little unlikely to me. Modern historian Paul Carlidge has theorized that he was a realified projection of Apollo, and it certainly seems plausible judging from the way he was worshipped by both the spartan people and admired by athenian historians the confusion between whether lycurgus or other kings such as theopompus were responsible for different reforms provides conflicting accounts paul Rhea suggests that the forms of lycurgus were not the product of one singular man or event but rather a series of historical changes which Spartans attribute to a single personage he hypothesised that the Mycenaean wars would have had a major impact on the overall structure of Sparta, especially when they were fighting shoulder to shoulder with aristocrats. The redistribution of land would have been great incentive for those who were poor to continue fighting with the wealthy. Institutions such as the Mess and the Agogi would have been common in the 20-year period spent at war, and probably just continued after return. Although there has been much scepticism surrounding the great rector and Lycurgus, there is still a possibility that a figure of influential status could have played a considerable role in the transformation of Sparta. The fact that such revolutionary change from tribes and chiefs to a subservient population in just two centuries is a big achievement. The aftermath of the Mycenaean Wars would have left an unsteady system and political upheaval, and the tensions between aristocrats, kings, citizens and helots would be high. It is not implausible that Lycurgus could have envisioned a stable system at a time which it would have greatly benefited from a clear constitution. One leader could have been a figurehead for this movement. Historians have made it seem as though there was no resistance to these changes, but it is probable that Sparta hid any internal disagreements so that the integrity and unitedness of society continued after the reforms. Thus Lycurgus and the Great Retra were probably turned into a myth-like story that was used as propaganda by the state in order to remain in control. A divine prophecy from Apollo and an ultimate lawgiver would have been more motivation for the citizens to remain obedient than an enforcement of a system. Therefore, the story spread throughout generations and so heartily repeated by ancient historians was a device which probably lacked truth but promoted stability and certainty. It is a central contributor to the Spartan Mirage, which is still widely accepted as truth to this day. So, what do you guys think? Leave a comment on my Instagram. Was Lycurgus a man or a myth? join us next week where we'll be looking at closer detail at the government this was sparta i'm pippa kellingham your host and until next week see you later